My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of The Mortgage Calculator, and we do this at 12 p.m. Eastern every weekday where we go through a sales training topic, more of the front end of the mortgage business as opposed to the back end, which we do a lot of training on as well. But today we're going to be talking about the front end and how this stuff applies to actually doing sales, right? Now, I was saying earlier here that today's topic is finding solutions. So if you didn't watch yesterday's training, I definitely recommend to. It was called Identifying Problems. So we're going to be building off of that, talking about finding some solutions to those problems. So the same problems we were talking about yesterday, which are ones that come up, we're going to be talking about finding solutions to those. And then tomorrow we're going to be talking about using those solutions to actually solve the problem and then what happens after we solve the problem. So finding solutions, again, we're going to be building off of yesterday as far as the topics that we're talking about, the problems we identified yesterday. And now we're going to be talking about finding solutions to those problems. So my first slides here are credit issues. We talked about this yesterday, credit issues that can come up. We're talking about people not having their credit high enough. We're talking about having disputes on their credit. We're talking about them having high balances on their credit, which, you know, DU is going to maybe give you an approved, but it may say, yeah, it's approved if you pay off this account, right? So just getting an approved onto you or LP is not necessarily going to, you know, make sure that you're, you have your credit right. So again, you have to look at the credit report. You can't just look at the actual credit score. Now, how can we find solutions to credit issues, right? Well, at the mortgage calculator, you all have unlimited wayfinder and what if scenario simulators, right? So in your credit login, you all have unlimited simulators for the what if scenarios and the wayfinder. So what does that mean? That means that you can input information in and tell a client exactly what they would need to do to get to these credit scores. If we're going for a 700, you could say, look, the simulator says if you pay off 200 on this card, 100 on that card, uh, and then drop this dispute or whatever, then your credit score would go to X amount, right? So that is a great solution. Now, let me tell you what is not the solution. Credit repair companies, right? We don't ever recommend a borrower works with a credit repair company. There's a few reasons for that. For one, a lot of them are actually true scams, but even the ones that try to be legitimate, it's all somewhat of a, a sham, right? It is definitely not conducive to closing a loan, especially because the number one thing that a credit repair company is going to do is file a bunch of disputes because once they get those disputes off your credit or they settle them or whatever the case may be, they can get your score higher, right? But they're going to do a lot of disputing. Well, guess what happens when you have an open dispute? You can't close a loan, right? We can't close loans with open disputes on people's credit. So, you know, telling a borrower to work with a credit repair company would be the opposite of what we want to do because we want them to not have open disputes, right? We don't want them filing disputes. We want them taking care of any disputes that were already 
there and filed, right? That's the only thing that's going to get us closer to our goals here. So we don't recommend credit repair. What we do recommend is the only concrete thing that we can tell them, which is, look, the simulator says if you pay this off or do this or X, Y, Z, your score is going to go to this. There is no magic bullet. We don't have anything where we can uh, give them that's going to just repair their credit. All we can do is say, look, if you want to repair your credit, this is what it says to do. It's going to be on the client to go do those things. You can't pay off bills for them. You can't drop disputes for them. You can't do any of that. All you can do is say, look, I have the simulators that show exactly what you need to do to get your credit score to this exact credit score on these exact bureaus. And if we do that, then we're in the place we want to be. So Wayfinder and what if simulators free to you at the mortgage calculator. That is a way to find solutions. What is not a solution to credit issues is recommending credit repair. And now also, if there's credit issues that have to do with bankruptcy or foreclosure, well, that doesn't mean we can't do the loan, right? That just means you have to be very careful in looking at the guidelines for the terms of those. They're all going to have some type of period to where a bankruptcy is, you know, essentially they can do the loan with a bankruptcy if it was two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever that time is. And same thing with a foreclosure. They're always going to have some type of period of time. So if they have a bankruptcy, a foreclosure, it's not the end of the world, but then it's really on you to really dive into those guidelines of whatever program you're looking to do and find out what the actual terms are for if the client has a bankruptcy or foreclosure, late payments on their previous mortgages or on their current mortgage. These are all things that you need to really dive down into the guidelines to solve that issue will find a solution to that problem. Now let's talk about income issues. We talked about that yesterday. There's all kinds of issues that can come up when we're talking about borrowers income. Really the biggest thing is we have to check the guidelines for whatever it is that we're trying to get them into. Every loan is going to have income requirements except for a, you know, DSCR loan or a fix and flip loan or the loan that we just did a episode of the Daily Rates Live just an hour ago. We did our Daily Rates Live show and our topic for today was a CDFI, no ratio owner occupied loan, which is the only primary or secondary home loan in the country that allows no income requirements, no income verification, no job verification. If you didn't watch that, Go to our YouTube and watch that amazing program. So income issues are not going to be a problem with that program. They're obviously not going to be a problem with DSCR or fix and flip, but essentially every other loan, we're going to have to know what kind of income they have, check the guidelines. And remember, you can quote them on different income types, right? So when you're in our quoting system, maybe you quote them on bank statement, maybe you quote them on P&L. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can use income. Maybe it's a 1099. So self-employed borrower, you could quote the same borrower possibly on a bank statement, on a P&L, on a 1099. I mean, it depends on how they get their money, but you can quote them on different things. So I would say when it comes to income issues, you need to check the guidelines for those different uh, program types. And if they do fit into it, quote them on those different income types. You 
At the mortgage calculator, we have so many non-QM programs and different income types that you're pretty much going to find something for everybody when it comes to income. Now, their credit might not match with the income to qualify for that program, or there might be other issues or property issues, right? So it's not to say that we can do every loan, but for the most part, we have a program for every type of income there is, including the program we just talked about today, which is one that has no income requirement, right? Which is the CDFI no ratio. So as a backup backup, if you can't make any of the income types work for a primary or secondary home, you could use a program that has no income requirements, no employment requirements. Of course, it's going to be more expensive on the rate. It's going to be 20% down. You're going to need 24 months reserve. So there's also, uh, you know, there's upsides and downsides to that program. But if we're talking about an investor property, we don't need to look at income at all because 99% of our investor loans are going to be DSCR, which doesn't require any income, right? So income issues can usually be fixed with the amount of programs that we have here at the mortgage calculator, the amount of non-QM and self-employed borrower programs that we have. But you need to make sure to check the guidelines on the income requirements. And, you know, also you got to dive deeper than just uh, the, the ratio, right? You know, maybe you have a bank statement program that says we're going to use 50% of their bank statement income, <coughs> excuse me, to qualify them. Well, guess what? That's great. They may qualify for that. But when you get those bank statements back, they're declining in income. Well, that's not going to work. We're going to have to flip to a PL or some kind of other program. Maybe they have a bunch of non-sufficient funds. Maybe they have a bunch of overdrafts. That's not going to work with a bank statement, right? So although they might in general kind of qualify for that type of program when you're first speaking to them, once you actually dive deeper, you need to make sure to check the guidelines for all the requirements. The bank statement loans are not going to work if the income is declining. The bank statement programs are not going to work if they have a bunch of overdrafts. So you need to take it further than just saying, oh, they have a lot of money in their bank statements. Let's do a bank statement loan and just keep going through it without checking the guidelines on exactly how it works and what they will and will not accept for those bank statements. Okay, now yesterday we talked about property issues. If the property is financeable at all, what did we talk about yesterday? Some of the reasons why it may not be financeable, the condition of the property, right? Does it have, uh, is there an issue with the roof that's going to make it, you know, unfinanceable? Is there an issue with something that's going to make it uninsurable, which it will then be unfinanceable? right? Are there issues with you're trying to do a loan program, but there's no there's no kitchen or stove in the property right now? Well, mo there's a bunch of programs that are going to require that. Anything that's a primary residence or second home or anything like that is definitely going to require it to have the basic necessities to live in before you finance the property. Right. So there's a lot of property issues that could come up. Now, if it is not ready to be, you know, lived in or not ready to be financed, it's not financeable yet. We really start to look at the renovation loans from the FHA 203K to maybe a one time close if it's not even built yet. I mean, there's different programs for primary and secondary homes 
that would be a renovation program because although it might not be financeable as is, if you wrap it into the program, you wrap in the money and the contractor and the plans, now you could purchase the property with one of those types of programs. And at the end of the day, you know, before you move into it, it will be livable, which would make it financeable, right? So renovation programs is a great solution to property issues typically. You know, if it were a if it were a fix and flip type property, right, an investment property, uh, because at the end of the day, a DSCR loan is the same. It's going to need to be livable. If they're if you're doing a DSCR loan, they need to know that you're getting a renter in there as soon as possible right away because it's all based on the rental income. So it's going to be the same thing with a DSCR loan. They're going to want it to be livable. Now, if it's not, we could look at renovation programs, or if it's not, we could look at a fix and flip or a fix and hold program that we actually have to do that many repairs that we're going to need to do a fix and flip or a fix and hold. Another thing that you can do for property issues, seller concessions. They agree to put in a stove. They agree to fix the leak in the roof. They agree to those type of things before you actually close on the loan, before you close on the transaction, right? So those are something else that you can use as seller concessions if you identify this problem. And again, this comes in as a loan officer, as a consultant, right? The, The buyer, the seller, the real estate agents, they don't know this. Most of them don't know any of this. That's why you have to be involved and be proactive because if you end up needing a seller concession for them to fix something before we can close on the loan, everybody needs to know that as soon as possible. They're going to have to send around an addendum. They're going to have to get the seller to agree to it. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going to need to happen. It's not just something that can pop up right at the end, right? And then you say, oh, seller's going to need to do X, Y, Z. A lot of the times the seller's going to say no way, right? And you probably passed your financing contingency if you haven't been on top of it. So now the person loses their deposit. So as a loan officer consultant, we have to be aware of these things and consulting our borrower all the way through the process. Now, the next issue we had here from yesterday, the identifying problems training was title issues. No seasoning is what we talked about yesterday. That's a huge deal. If there's no seasoning, we do have no seasoning options, but they're going to be much more expensive, right? I guess I shouldn't say much. I'm not sure exactly how much more expensive, but they're definitely going to be more expensive. They're probably going to have lower LTVs. So we're talking about essentially a whole other product. Now, The no seasoning options, I mean, you know, there's different ones for investment properties or, you know, primary homes and stuff like that. So this is, you know, the seasoning is going to apply to every single loan. Every single loan is going to have in the guidelines what, you know, the seasoning requirements are going to be. So you need to look that up and you need to be aware of all of that. Because, again, if you're not checking the guidelines and this person thinks they're going to get cash out of their home, they're doing a cash out refinance, but they just bought the home a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, five months ago, but your seasoning on that loan type is six months, at least six months is what most programs are. More, Most of them are a year. Well, 
or two or three, well, now you've been going down this road the entire time trying to sell this loan product to this borrower and that loan product doesn't even exist for their property, right? It doesn't even exist. It never existed for their property. It was never an option. But as the loan officer, you didn't do, and I'm, you know, I'm not talking about anybody watching, but as the loan officer, you may not have done your due diligence and reading the guidelines to make sure that the seasoning is going to be okay for that loan program for what you're trying to do. Um, now, you so the solution to that is find you know no seasoning options or low seasoning options, which we have at the mortgage calculator, but they're always going to end up being more uh, you know expensive, lower LTVs and things like that. So that again, when you're selling this loan product to your borrower, you're going to need to know these things. You're going to need to talk to them and say, hey, we could get the purchase price plus repairs, which is what they're going to let you do. If you don't have the seasoning required to get cash out, they're typically almost every program is going to let you, if you're going to refinance it, get the purchase price that you paid for it, plus any repairs, actual hard costs of the repairs, right? Now, if your property is worth a lot more, you're not going to get that amount. You're not going to get the new appraisal amount if there's no seasoning, unless you're doing a no seasoning program option. Right. So this is another solution, though, with your borrower. OK, we can't get the full amount of the appraisal unless we do this option, which is going to be more expensive because it has no seasoning. Or we could go with the option of the purchase price. The value would be the purchase price that you paid plus repairs. And this is typically going to be cheaper than this. Right. This is going to be much cheaper than this. So we have to be able to consult our borrowers up front. That's why I'm doing this on the sales training, right? A lot of this is kind of back-end stuff, but it's stuff you need to know to do your front-end job correctly. There's a lot of loan officers I've seen that go down the entire route of the entire loan, and they haven't even looked into these things. So the whole time they're talking to their borrower, they're talking about something that doesn't exist something they're never going to be able to do. How hard is it going to be to close that loan once you have to reverse everything you said to the borrower and say, I was completely wrong. We can never do this loan in the first place. Okay, well, you don't look like a professional. You don't look like a loan consultant in that case. You look like you don't know what you're doing. Another titling, a title issue could be an LLC. Who owns how much percentage of what LLC? Does it need to be restructured because somebody can't be on the loan? It's always an amount, 20%, 25%. Somebody that owns X amount of percent is going to need to be on the loan. Does the structure need to change? Does the LLC that is closing in need to change altogether? Do they need to go make a new company to close it in? Because there's somebody in their current company that they don't want on the loan and they're going to change, you know, is going to close only in their name in an LLC that only they own and only they are on the loan. So that's another thing to be aware of. A lot of people, especially in our realm of investment properties that we specialize in at the mortgage calculator, most of them are going to close in an LLC. All of the, you know, DSCR loans, fix and flip loans, all those type of loans, 99% of them are going to close in some type of LLC or corporation. That's a big thing we need to talk about right up front. What are we closing this in? 
let's, I need to check the guidelines to make sure what you're trying to close it in, what entity is going to work for this program. Are you closing it in your personal name? I need to know that to see if that's possible and make sure what's going on with that. Is it closing in an LLC? Okay, I need to know who owns what, who wants to be on the loan and who doesn't. I need to go check the guidelines to see who has to be on the loan and who doesn't. So again, this stuff is, you know, a lot of people would consider again, reading the guidelines, doing that research, but we need to do it on the front end or else we're talking to a client about programs that didn't exist in the first place. And we're wasting everyone's time, our time, the client's time, the realtor's time. They're drawing up contracts that didn't even for a loan program that they could never even qualify for, but they're putting in offers on houses and you didn't even actually, you know, pre-approve them. Of course, at non-QM, we're not really pre-approving them necessarily as far as like, you know, DSCR loans and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're going around doing business or trying to get properties, putting in offers with, uh, you know, when they never qualified for it in the first place. So that's why I did the sales training on this. It's, it's not just about the back end. This is also about the front end. If you don't know these type of solutions to the common problems, right? Yesterday, we talked about the common problems that you need to identify. Today, we talked about finding solutions for them. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about putting those solutions into play and also what happens when we actually solve that problem and then how do we handle it from there after we've solved the problem. Now, I do see, I believe there's a question here. Uh, hopefully at some point the up and coming container home project can be insured. Therefore we might be able to incorporate that type of lending. There is a lender. I believe that we have that, that does do tiny homes. Most don't, but I believe we have a more commercial lender that does some tiny homes, but that's very few and far between. So just keep that in mind. But I see that's the only question here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, we do this 12 p.m. Eastern time every single weekday. We'll be back here tomorrow with the uh, you know culmination of this week's training, which is going to be actually solving the problem after we found solutions. And remember, we do not have a training this Thursday or Friday because it is the holiday. So tomorrow will be the last sales training of this week. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern, for the next episode of the Loan Officer Sales Training with the Mortgage Calculator.